This is Digital Communicators, the comms focus show for the tech sector. Hi, I'm Declan Bradshaw, and thanks for joining us for another episode. This one's a bit different, as Babel recently invited research company Censuswide into our office to deliver a workshop for our team on how to produce better research projects. Robin Smith from Censuswide joined me afterwards to share some of those learnings with you. Enjoy. So thanks for coming in, Rob. It was standing room only in the boardroom today as you ran through for our team, how we can better work with Censuswide. But for those that might be listening, maybe just start by telling us what it is that you guys do and how you work with businesses. Yeah, no worries at all. And thanks for having me. So Censify is a full service market research consultancy. We deliver both B2B and consumer research for clients. It can be used for a variety of different purposes. Often it's used for PR or for marketing. So from press releases to white papers, essentially trying to position a client, your client as a thought leader within that space. However, we do also offer a range of other services. So brand awareness studies, brand sentiment studies, creative testing, content testing. So it's quite broad reaching now. And I guess in a really surface level, what makes a good research project? What do you guys typically see the end result doing well in the media? What are the common themes? Um, I think it's been split in two ways. So for a PR marketing study, I think having a newsworthy topic, something that's genuinely interesting, objectively interesting, that journalists are happy to print and put their name to, that is going to cut through the other noise that's in the market. I think other than that, partner with a reputable company that's going to get valid and robust data. That's true of both marketing and PR angled research as and true for your brand sentiment, brand awareness research as well. Within that, I think we could also mention the sample and the questions being precise. Yeah, we can ask IT decision makers in for generalist studies, but if it's about cybersecurity, let's ask the, the CISO. They're going to have much better, much clearer idea. And the end result is going to be a lot more relevant to the target audience. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I know you guys work with sort of businesses and PR agencies of all shapes and sizes. We're very much B2B tech specialists here at Babel. In that sector specifically, in B2B tech, what kind of trends are you seeing? What topics are you being asked to put surveys out more? Well, frequently, cybersecurity seems an obvious one, but are there any others that are maybe coming up more commonly now? Yeah, cybersecurity is always there, has been present for probably three or four years in a big way. At the moment, a cutting edge, I suppose it's the metaverse we're hearing a lot about, although there's a degree of guesswork about that. Not many people know its functionality, how it works, how their business is going to work within it. They're trying to be thought leaders about something that perhaps isn't fully out in the open and understood by many at the moment. Similarly, cryptocurrency, fiat currency, NFTs, we've done quite a lot of research on as well. Slightly more along the line in terms of adoption, I would say. I expect that to be present for the next two years as well. And then as a general term, I think inclusivity. So we're doing a lot of studies around women in tech and trying to promote that, get more women in tech, and also understand the reasons why there isn't at the moment, as many women in tech as there should be or could be. And finally, an ageism point there as well, where tech is evolving and always evolves so quickly. How do we maintain the upper end of millennials plus in businesses? How do they stay relevant? How can they be upskilled? And is there any hiring bias for companies based on people's age? Obviously, there shouldn't be. So brands are coming to you guys, maybe looking to do internally driven surveys about how they can recruit better or retain their talent? Definitely a bit of both. I think either how do we do it? So as you say, the internal survey and insight piece or cleverly, if they already do it, it's to position them as a leader in the market. We are already taking this issue seriously. Who else in the market is and how big an issue is it? Okay, 
That's really interesting. In terms of maybe those more media-facing, hot-button topics, as you said, cyber, metaverse, what are the common pitfalls that you guys come up against as you're working with a business, developing the survey? Maybe that is the pitfall. They don't work with you closely enough. But what are the kind of common mistakes that you see businesses make with their research projects? I definitely think that's true. There's a good point, not leveraging our services enough. We offer consultancy on the ideas, the questions, the angles right at the start of the process. We will run the survey, run the fieldwork, and we can also help at the data analysis bit at the end as well. So definitely leveraging our full range of services. Speaking more generally, I think what we've mentioned already about the sample, getting the sample right, are we speaking to the right people? Again, we can't just ask a generalist CIO or CTO about crypto. More often than not, if the business is angling towards having a crypto offering, they'll have a head of cryptocurrency or someone whose job function is actually to be across that in a bigger way. And lastly, I think just a robust survey design, having enough respondents in the survey or answering the survey, having enough questions to build out a rounded idea, a rounded picture of what they're trying to say. Often it comes down to budget. Some clients will say, we don't want to go over this budget, but that can be to the detriment of the research itself. It won't be as successful. It won't be as robust as it could be. And so say something really newsworthy breaks, a client we're working with or a business comes straight to you, they have an idea. How quickly can that process go from having an idea of doing a research project to getting the results back and the PR team and pitching that out to the media? Give us a timescale roughly for what that might look like. Yeah, it will differ on the audience mainly. So for consumers, we do offer a same day service. So under 24 hours, we can either write or receive questions. We'll put them to field. They'll be answered. We will report the data and send it back to you all within that 24 hour scope. We can actually do it quicker than that as well. It's really effective. For workers so you know people who work with the businesses white collar workers let's say it is slightly slower so we can set up in the same time it normally takes under a day two days at the very most field work around five to seven days and we can have the reports back and then at the upper end so management directors plus ceos c-suite in general it can be up to nine or 12 days in field but we can still set up that same day and get it straight to field and we can report on the day that the field work finishes as well and then it's down to people like me to pitch the life out of it yeah um, but speaking of i guess from our point of view the media landscape is changing a lot of publications are cutting back on the number of editors or reporters that they have that impacts the amount of news they're able to get to in a day is that impacting any of the work you're doing or the work, type of what you're being asked to do or the results that your clients are seeing from their research? How is the media landscape changing things? In honesty, it hasn't for us. And the reason why is because we stick to those things that make a successful research project. So if you stick to those, I think the research should be objectively strong and an objectively good piece of research, interesting, engaging. And those will always find pickup somewhere. They will always get pickup, no matter how busy a business is or how busy the market is with news. You can sit on a bit of research and launch it slightly after if there's been a really big bit of global news. And actually, I think in a strange way, it's helped the research market as a whole. In terms of bad research, there is less poorly thought out research there is less bad research, less non-robust research out there because people don't have time to look at the poor stories. They're only looking at the, the research that has a good solid grounding and interesting findings at the back end as well. And are there any sort of misconceptions you think maybe businesses that haven't done a research project before coming to you for the first time that maybe they don't understand to use this podcast as a bit of an open air myth busting session, whether it's about I have to have every market covered or I have to have 10,000 respondents. What kind of misconceptions do you think businesses doing research for the first time tend to have? Yeah, that's a good point. I think sample size is that. 
statistically robustness happens around the 450, 500 mark in terms of number of respondents. And that's regardless of the people we're talking to, whether that's a consumer or whether that's a CEO. However, actually within the PR marketing world, it's slightly more flexible. So you can get away with slightly lower sample sizes. So we often have people who come to us and ask for 10,000 consumers. Not only is that a waste of budgets and timeline, it, you just don't need it. To be statistically robust, you need a minimum of 500. We would recommend 2,000 for consumers, just so you have cut through the demographics, leverage those to your benefit as well. So that that's a big one, a misconception that we are always fighting battling against, but happily advising on, and we normally get to an agreeable situation at the end anyway. I know you've been at Census Square for a few years. Well, I won't say how many, but <laughs> long enough to have seen a few things here and there. Any projects, and obviously don't feel that you have to name specific companies, but any projects, themes that really stand out as that one was really fun to work on and that one really delivered great results? The best research, in my opinion, is it, I like the global ones. I like looking at global differences between markets, between countries. I like it when the content is, is trying to do good. So we mentioned earlier about women in tech and how to inclusivity when it comes to people with different ages in tech as well. That sort of research not only for me is objectively interesting, it's the sort of research that we should be doing. And the more research like that we do, in my opinion, the more good we're doing, real world good we're doing out there. We're spreading the message, people are understanding and hopefully businesses are adapting to it. We did an awful lot of that sort of thing through COVID as well. And I'm very pleased to see it continue after that. Now people are back to the office and the real world's resumed. Worth mentioning, we're obviously recording this here in our London office, but you mentioned those globally focused surveys as being particularly interesting. You guys have a footprint all over the world. Businesses can come to you, even if it's a survey project they don't want to run in the UK, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Like you guys, we're headquartered in the UK. We do also have offices in New York, in Dubai, and then a couple of different UK offices, including Bristol and Glasgow as well. We have access, though, to about 65 to 70 different countries. So very strong throughout Europe and North America, we poll very frequently. And we're even growing panels across Africa, Asia also really popular with our clients as well. So I absolutely think the most interesting research is from a broad demographic of people. The difference between what Europe says to North America and then North America to some of the Asian countries is always interesting. It is also helpful from an insight point of view in terms of how a business can position themselves to their intended. We've covered a lot of ground in a pretty short space of time there. If there was one thing, one key takeaway to recap for the audience, one thing you really want a PR professional either internally or at an agency listening to this to take away about how to deliver a successful research project what would you say to them try and be as newsworthy as possible i think go out there look at the media what has been done before what hasn't been done before think about what can benefit your client definitely but always caveat that always be thinking of what's actually genuinely interesting that people want to read and you can't go wrong with that I think that's a good note to, to end us on. Thanks so much for coming. And we're really great to have you and the Census Wide team work with us closely here at Babel. And I'm sure we'll be working together throughout 2023 and beyond. Cheers, Decker. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how Babel can support your business with an end-to-end research campaign that leverages the experience of a research partner like Census Wide, as well as our own extensive media know-how, then drop us a line, newbusiness at babelpr.com.
For more information about Babel and other episodes of this podcast, head to www.babelpr.com forward slash podcasts.